And good evening. So glad to have you on a Wednesday evening. And man, it was pretty today. It was nice. And um, I just praise God for you. Thank you for being with us. It's going to be a great night. Uh, we're continuing, bless you, we're continuing to uh, uh, in a finished rest. And if you've been with us for those, I hope that you're excited just about the title. Because the title itself is worthy of worship to the Lord, knowing that he's given us a rest and he's finished the work. And uh, so, let's just get right into it. And uh, you can turn uh, to Genesis 1-1. We'll just review really quickly. As you're turning there, I'm going to highlight these lines I drew here. Lord, we just thank you so much. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Lord, we just ask right now, Lord, uh, let, let my words be your words. And we just ask that you would do what you want to do, not what we plan to do or not what we want to do, Lord, but your plans and your will is best. And so whatever you have for this evening, Lord, whatever you want to pour out, we just welcome you, Holy Spirit. Lord, we seek not to ever grieve the Holy Spirit, but to welcome Him with open arms and to just love on Him and honor and worship Him. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here and we praise you for it. We thank you for helping us, for guiding us into all truth, for empowering us, for, for being our comfort. And Lord, we thank you for that. Thank you, Father, for who you are. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done, and thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you are doing here. Let my lips be like the pens of a ready writer, moved by your Spirit to say only what you'd have me to say. And Lord, I ask that hearts would be fertile in that, so that the seed of the Word can fall into that fertile soil and spring up fruit in the lives of everyone here in this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. So we're talking about a finished rest, and we uh, actually preached part one on a Sunday morning last week was part two. This is part three. Praise God. Amen. Y'all filled up this intersection. Y'all are y'all are balancing it out. I appreciate that so much. Was that a com was that an effort? They left you over there alone. I'm sorry. <laughs> This is awesome. I like it when there's people right here. It's a, it's a blessing. And this side's like always heavy. And you know, we had a time where this side was completely empty for a while. So did I just call y'all call y'all heavy? Is it? Oh man, I'm sorry. So we had a period of time moving on. There was everybody would come in and walk right in and sit over here. And this section would fill up. Every time. And this one. But this one would be empty. And now it's, it's moved. It's funny how it moves around. So anyway, I appreciate y'all sitting here. I like that. Thank you. It, what was so funny was the other week when I walked in and it was like people here, people here. And it was like no man's land right here in the center. So thank y'all. Um, Genesis 1-1. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And he said, and he said, and he said, and it was, and verse 31, then God looked over all he had made, and he saw that it was very good. And evening passed, and morning came, making the, marking the sixth day. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 1 through 3, so the creation of the heavens and the earth 
and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. He finished it, so he rested. So he finished it, so he rested. He didn't rest because he was tired. He rested because it was finished. There's an important note. He rested. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all the work of his creation. God rested because his work was finished. And then, this is very important, Jesus didn't just come on behalf of God. He came to be God with mankind. God with us. And you know, we've talked about this. There was the series, uh, Why Didn't God Just Snap His Fingers? And when God, see, he says that the heavens are his, but the earth he has given to the sons of men. Uh, I think that's Psalms 115. And uh, he says the earth he's given to the sons of men. So in other words, the earth he has given to man. So when Jesus came, he had to come as a man because the Lord had already spoken, the earth is man's. And so he came on behalf of mankind. And so when Jesus came on behalf of mankind, went through, did everything that he was called to do, got up on that cross, he goes up to the cross, and on behalf of all mankind, he said, it's finished. So for you, in your place, he said, it's finished. It's complete. It's done. And he opened up to us a Sabbath rest that's available to us right now. A rest in God. Now that's not just talking about on Sundays he's going to bless you. It's talking about living in a continuous blessing of God based on the fact that Jesus finished the work and now we get to rest in his work. John 19.30, when Jesus had tasted it, he said, you notice he said, Just like God said when he created stuff, God said and God said and God said, and Jesus on behalf of mankind and God with the same power as God in his word said, it's finished. It's done. And so you can look at any problem that you have whatsoever right now, anything that you're going through, and you can look at that problem and say, it's finished. It's done. It's complete. That's shouting ground. I don't know why you ain't shouting. (laughs) But that's good. You can look at any problem and say, Oh, what? It done? Hallelujah. Pray, thank you, Father. This is done. I don't have to go through it and, and take care of it. He's already taken care of it. It's finished. It's done. Hallelujah. So we now live in a Sabbath rest Because the work has been finished. The body of Christ has a full rest available if they will take it through Jesus. Now, one of the things that we did in this is, we talked about this last week. This is not just getting to a place where we check off our boxes and make sure that we fall into the rest of God. However, it's a lifestyle. And it's not something where we just go home and we're like, 
okay, I can rest in God now. I don't even have to go to work because Jesus has finished it. I don't even have to go punch a clock because Jesus has finished it. And we go home and we don't, you know, we just sit and pray and become real holy. And, you know, that is, that's not, that's not what we're supposed to do. If it was what we're supposed to do, we would have seen Jesus doing that. But Jesus never did that. Jesus, Jesus went and had his time with the Father. He didn't do that all by itself and never do anything else. He did that. He had time with the Father. He walked in a constant fellowship with his Father to show us as an example. But he went everywhere and did what he was called to do as an ambassador on this earth. He went and he preached the good news. He interacted with people. The Holy Spirit said pray over somebody, he prayed over somebody. He said walk on, he'd walk on. But he was living in a rest of God himself. Doing and, and fulfilling all of the law. But he was showing us how to do that. So it's not for us to go, oh praise God, it's finished, I don't have to do anything. I'm staying home tomorrow. What? I ain't Forget my watch, I'm going to throw that away. I don't even have to live by a watch anymore. That, you know, that's not necessarily what he's saying in a finished rest. He's saying, Nicole put it like this, and, and this is the best way to describe it. She, put, she sent me this note. Resting is not the act of doing nothing. It's, and just, I want you to pause for effect. Resting is not the act of doing nothing. Resting is knowing that you do not have to carry the care. Or you do not have to carry the weight. You don't have to toil. Cast your care on Jesus. You don't have to carry it anymore. You don't have to carry, you know, the, the weight and the stress, and the toil. That's what rest is. And so when Jesus said it's finished, then I can walk through this life free as can be without ever having to carry the weight of the you know, ungodly world on me. I don't have to do that. I can live literally a stress-free life. Now that, he said, you know, we were talking about at the men's group the other night, that we can have, um, we are supposed to live in easy you know, there, there's an easy button, and Jesus pressed it for us already. You don't even have to press it. You just have to believe it. It's easy. But he never said that there wouldn't be storms, that there wouldn't be persecution, that there wouldn't be temptation. Matter of fact, he kind of told us there would be. So there's, there's this big separation in our heads between what we call easy and how we operate and what we see the storms as. So once you start getting revelation of this, you'll realize that every storm and temptation that I go through from here on out, it should be easy. Matter of fact, I know right now it's easy. Right now, I can be in complete rest with any storm that comes my way. Any temptation, I can take ease and rest right into it, and I don't have to experience anything but that. And if I am experiencing something other than that, the problem is with me because God's made promises to me. And if I'm experiencing something outside of that, somewhere inside of my life, I'm not lining up with what God has for me. So let it be uh, a highlight. Let it show me the symptoms of somewhere where I may be living life wrong. Let it, let it help me. In other words, it's kind of like you know heat when you touch heat. Let that show you to take your hand away. Something's wrong, you know. Well, when you start experiencing toil 
and a lack of ease and a weight of the world, let that highlight, I'm doing something wrong. I'm missing something. Because God's given us easy and light and rest. So we finished last week, and we're actually going to go back in Hebrews 4, but we finished in verse 7, and I want to start today uh, right there because I want to just mention what we said last week. He says, he again fixes a certain day today, saying, through David, after so long a time, just has been said before, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. And so one of the things that we have, the reason why we're not in rest is simply because, first of all, we're not hearing his word. In other words, number one, let's say this, we're not in his word. If you're not in his word, then you can't hear his word by reading it. If you're not meditating and thinking on and dwelling on this word, then you're not really hearing it uh, in, that, in that way. If you're not coming to church or not going and listening, then you're not hearing it preached. You know, we're just talking about physical hearing and ways to hear in that way. So those are some ways to hear. And because you're not hearing it, you're not hearing the good news, you're not entering into rest. Now the other thing is, maybe you're actually hearing it physically, but you're not hearing it with your heart. In other words, it says they harden their heart. Or let's say that you come and, hey, I'm preaching on a finished rest. Well, Brian, you preached on a finished rest last week, and you preached on it on Sunday too. I don't have to listen to this message again. You, what you did is you just hardened your heart, and you're going to miss pieces of what I say, and therefore there's going to be some rest that's available to you that you didn't hear because your heart was hardened towards it. Or you heard it and you went, I disagree with that. And, and you didn't go into the Word and see it, you know. And so now you've hardened your heart, and so you're not able to actually hear about the rest. And if you're not hearing it, and not hearing it with your heart, not just your mind, but with your heart as well, then you don't have the ability to receive the rest that God has for you. And so what he's saying is, don't harden your hearts to it. Don't, don't be, you know, uh, Paul says this several times. I think it's to Timothy. He said, look, I repeat these things and I go over them so that when I'm not with you anymore, and let me, let me make it personal to you, I repeat things and I'll go over things here in Boomerang so that on Monday morning, when I'm not there preaching to you, on Tuesday in the middle of the afternoon when your boss just you know reamed you out and I'm not standing there going, you have the rest of God. You are such a beautiful child of God. You got victory and triumph. God always leads us to triumph in Christ. I'm not standing there doing that. But if I repeat those things, what will happen? I've had this happen multiple times. I was right in the middle of something. Brian, I heard your words come to me. Uh, you are always going to triumph if you'll take Jesus by the hand or something like that. And so in the middle of it, because of that repetition, what they're hearing is the word of God. And in the middle of that crucible of a storm, whatever it may be, however big it may be, they're able to receive rest because they heard it. Because they were there. Because they were listening. We did a message one time called One Word. One Word. And this is something, I, I, this is one of those things, if I wish I could pour it into people and get them to get it. You never know when one word will change your life. But you've got to be listening or present to hear the one word. It's very important. 
You never know. And I see people throwing it away like, you know, like it's everyday stuff. And it's a word from God. And maybe, you know, maybe tonight you sit there and go, yeah, the Brian, that was good stuff, but nothing stuck out to you. But what you don't know is how much the Holy Spirit just planted inside of you. And then you mix that with some other words, and all of a sudden, uh, uh, another word, and another word, and all of a sudden you go on down the road, and because of that one word, all of a sudden it mixes together with the right things, and you have a revelation that completely changes your life. And instead of walking in defeat the rest of your life, you walk in victory, and it comes down to, did you honor what God was doing? And the honoring what God was doing, and this is, we're talking about hearing the word for real. Honoring what God is doing is not honoring him when you think, I've never, this is all brand new and I've, I've, this is so great because I've never heard it before. Honoring him is when you spend time on the word. Remember what he told Joshua. He told Joshua to stay in the word, you know, and he said, meditate on my law day and night. Well, what does that mean? That means that Joshua went over the law that he had heard before over and over and over and over again, but it got to the place where his law, because he meditated on the Word of God, and like uh, Pastor Chris was saying on Sunday, he chose the Word. He kept it. And he meditated. When he needed it, the, God said this, then you, you will make your way successful. Why? Because what we're doing is we are honoring the word. We're not hardening our hearts. We're able to actually hear him. So it's important for us to hear the word. And, and it's not just through my preaching or somebody else's preaching. It's, it's we should take this attitude with us everywhere we go. Lord, what do you have to show me? Well, I've learned that before. Well, guess what? There are depths of revelation in God. And just because you've heard something before, have you learned something? That doesn't mean... I'm, I'm receiving more revelation on rest, and, and this is, was a big revelation for me, one that I recognize that most people did not have when God gave it five or six years ago. I realized most people didn't have the revelation I had five or six years ago. But because I know at, that there's more in God, and I'm honoring God, He's given me more revelation in it now, and there's a depth to it. Because I'm not hard in my heart because, oh yeah, I learned about rest. And it was five years ago. Where have you been? You know? And that's really what we do a lot of times. We've got to be willing to be humble. He gives grace to the humble. So, one thing I'm going to call uh, Deb. Will you come help me? And right here, will you put um, uh, the benefits? And I want to put the benefits of rest. And I just want to go through this Hebrew section and I want to pull out the benefits. Because it's important for us to see, do you need rest? You know, I may say that and you may say yes, but if we're going to meditate on the Word and we're going to know the Word, we want to know why. Why do we need rest? What is it that we need? So number one, starting here in verse 7, then we'll back up to verse 1. This is, this is something that's very important. Here's a benefit of rest. He again affixes, he fixes a certain day. Today. <laughs> a, a one benefit of rest is, it's for today. It's for, how many of y'all need rest in some area in your life and you don't need it tomorrow? I need it today. 
And you know what? No matter what day it is, this word is still true. It's still today, and it's still available for you today. So one of the big benefits of, of rest is it's available to you and for you all the time. Amen? That's huge. Because there's some days when I didn't know that. And I wish I would have known that it was available. Let's back on up and let's go through these benefits. Um, let's look at verse 2. Hebrews 4.2 For indeed, we have had good news preached to us, just as they also. So let's, let's put this down, that it's good. Just put rest is good because this is the rest that it's talking about. The good news is being preached is what we're going to receive rest on. Just as they also, but the word they heard did not profit them. So when we get in rest, the word is going to give us profit. So number three is profit. Verse 3, for, for we who have believed enter that rest. How many of y'all have ever felt tired? Yeah. So I, one of the benefits is just rest itself. It's just physical rest. You can also say this. It's a rest you know, from stress, from the pain, from everything. <laughs> Like, what is she doing? The water, you must have been about to knock it over. I'm so glad you didn't. <laughs> what just happened? All right, so how about no stress? That's a pretty good benefit. That means longer life. So we'll go ahead and put that up there because that's what it means too. Longer life because you take away stress, you add years to your life. You also, if you take away stress, you take away a lot of the sicknesses. So you're talking about health. Already this list is looking pretty good. Okay, and we'll go on down in verse 9. It says, So there remains a Sabbath rest, for the people of God. Now, the Sabbath rest can mean several things. And before we put anything down, let's just look at this. A Sabbath rest is this. It is a, uh, you have a rest which is just stopping. But Sabbath rest, one of the things that it, that it talks about is the cessation or the ceasing of your work, of your toil. So we can put removing toil. And I want you to just hear this about, I'm, I'm just kind of describing a Sabbath rest. This is a phrase that I ran across. It said, a rest, because God rested in the completion of his creation. Right? Roger, will you come here? When he received Christ and he became born again, he became a new creation and a sabbath rest is resting in the fullness of the new creation 
that God's made you. Thank you. So in other words, when God recreated you, He put in you a completed work and we have the ability to rest on the completed creation of God. It's, that's big. Probably not. She said, can you repeat it? He's, he, he, when he completed his work, he rested. A Sabbath rest is resting in the fullness of the new creation he created you. The completed work he did in you. This is big stuff. Because when, you know, we get born again and then a lot of times... We got somebody that's down our throat. You got to fix this. You got to stop doing that. You got to stop doing this, that, this, everything, this, that, everything. And those are true. You don't need to be doing those things. But inside, God's saying, I don't have anything against you. And I can rest in, here's a big part of rest, resting in simply being obedient to God. I don't have to carry the weight of what's right or what's wrong. I simply have to do what he says. It makes it so easy. It makes it so very easy. Sabbath rest is also this, a place of ceasing from wearisome toil. A place of ceasing from wearisome toil. We've kind of already already talked about that. But have you ever felt like in the, I'm just so tired, and a lot of times it's not even just a, a, a physical tired it's a mental tired it's an emotional tired why because you're toiling under the pressure of a world system that's designed to remove you from rest we have an opportunity as a new creation to rest in the fullness of what god has created us to be and step out of the the toil Step out of all the pressure of the world and step into the place of rest. But it's not just, it's not just changing your habits and going to sleep on time. We're talking about an attitude and nature that we carry with us. We're talking about a knowledge, not just a head knowledge, but a heart knowledge of what God has done, how full He's made it. Another Sabbath rest would be described as the fullness of, of salvation. So in, in other words, not just going to heaven by itself, all right, not just going there, but also uh, how about the fullness of salvation being to save you in every way? Yeah. Healing, provision, restoration, protection, deliverance. So every way that you can be saved. Jesus said, it's finished. I came to save you. To save me from what? Name it. (laughs) Fill in the blank. And then he said, it's finished. Well, knowledge of that can really make you look at things differently. Because now all of a sudden you're like, well, what have I got to worry about? And Jesus is going, exactly! That's what I came for. That's it. Think about this, you know, in heaven there's a rest from all the wearisome toil of the world, right? And yet he told us to pray this way, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's given us the ability to step into a Sabbath rest, a heavenly rest before we even get there. 
This is big stuff. All right, uh, verse 10. For the one who has entered his rest, himself also rested from his work. Let me, let me just put it. Uh, put broken works. In other words, if it were resting from our works, God rested from his perfect works. But what he's given us rest from is from our imperfect works. In other words, the stuff we were doing that ain't working, ain't never going to work. It's just it's not going to do it the world's way, the way that we were taught. All this stuff we've been trying to do, he's given us a rest from broken works. We rest from his works. Uh, in verse 15, uh, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. The rest of God takes us into a place that brings about where we can receive a sympathy from Christ. Not in, oh, you're so, you know, poor pitiful you. Not that kind of sympathy, you know. We're talking about a sympathy that says, hey, I know what you're going through. Because I went through it. So we can put, uh, as, as another benefit, Um, uh, sympathy from Jesus. And keep in mind, it's not talking about poor pitiful you. It's talking about, hey, I know what you're going through. And in what you're going through, he says this, he is but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. So immediately, we have direct ties to a person who's the winner, who's the victor. I saw a video of somebody this week that was like, look, stop telling me how to go do all this stuff when you've never done it. But yet, here's Jesus who's done exactly what we needed. He rested from his works. He was obedient to everything in the Father. He knows how to win, and he's our best friend. A winning friend. Our winning knowledge. Then in verse 16, therefore let us draw near with confidence. This is a bold confidence. So that would be another uh, benefit is a bold confidence. So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help. So the last three would be uh, mercy, grace, and help. So these are things, these are benefits that rest brings. A finished rest will bring. And let's just look at them. The finished rest will bring today. It will bring answers today. It's good. It profits you. It's a physical rest. It's a lack of stress. Health. Longer life. It goes along with that. Removing toil. Stops you know, broken works in your life. And let, let me just put it this way. There's a lot of sweat that you did not have to shed if we'll learn how to enter this rest. We, have, we gain the sympathy of Jesus. We have a winning friend or winning knowledge on our side. We can, we can have a bold confidence. And you know, how many people are just so beat up because they don't have a confidence? 
well, I don't even know if God really likes me. I think He's mad at me. There's a huge lack of rest, ungodliness that accompanies that simply because they don't know who Christ wants to be to them. They think He wants to beat them up. Now, I know a lot of y'all know differently because we talk about it a lot, but that's a big part of what people go through is, golly, God's mad at me if I, you know, oh man, I thought that thought for one second too long. Please be merciful on me. And they're, they're completely stressed out over that. But arrest says, no, I understand what you're going through. I knew it when I came and died for you. I'm here to help you get through it and to win and to give you mercy, grace, and help. These are the benefits of rest. Now, who wants that? Who wants a finished rest with those benefits in their life? Amen. Well, now let's back up. And I'm not just creating a list for you to do. There's a list. I had to throw that in there. I'm not just creating a list, but over here we're going to see action. I'm creating what obedience in God will bring you these benefits, but obedience in God will take you to a finished rest. Obedience in God in these areas will be symptoms that you are starting to walk in a finished rest after the nature of God. So let's put over here actions. And let's go back to verse 1. <clears throat> it says verse 1, uh, Hebrews 4, 1. Therefore, let us fear, and this means reverence, uh, possibly missing it. Let us fear if, while promise remains of entering his rest, any one of you may seem to have come short of it. So number one action at the beginning of, and these, I would say that these are not in any particular order. This is just the nature of what we want to pick up if we want to walk in a finished rest. Number, number one is, let us be mindful to enter rest. Mindful to enter rest. Don't forget about it. Don't, don't give it a lack of esteem. Let us be mindful to do those things. I'm going to step over here. So let us be mindful to enter the rest. In other words, this is something not to forget. This is something to remember. This is something you want to constantly go back to. Think about it. Meditate on it. You want to remember, there's a rest and I need to be walking in it. I don't need to let this go, you know. You don't want to get it, stress out over it. Oh, I got to rest! You know, it's kind of like, you, you don't want to get to that place, but you want to be mindful. Hey, God's always wanting me to rest. If I'm outside of it, then it, I need to constantly be thinking about it, moving towards that, picking up the nature of a finished rest in God. All right, so number two. It is, in verse 2, it says, For indeed, we have had good news preached to us. So, one thing that would be good and a, and a thing would be uh, listen to good news preached. Or listen to good preaching. This is an important little piece. You know, people just look over that stuff. In other words, don't just go somewhere that just, you know, makes you feel good because you went somewhere. 
You want to sit under a word that's being preached with faith attached to it. You want to sit under a word that's preached with life attached to it. You want to sit under a word that empowers you in Christ today, not when you get to heaven. But when we hear the word, we don't want it. The word they heard did not profit because it was not united by faith in those who heard. So action number three is unite the word with faith. Verse six, therefore, since it remains for some to enter it, um, enter it. And we can put number four, enter, rest. In other words, if you've got to enter it, you've got to get up and do something about it. It's not something that comes to you, you enter it. So in other words, rest is something that we need to purpose ourselves to enter. Not just, oh God, give me rest. I really feel like junk, but give me rest. No, it's something we enter with faith. You've given me my rest. You're choosing it. Lord, I take rest right now. I receive the rest of God. I'm not just sitting back complaining about how much I need rest. Lord, I hear the word preached. I unite it with faith and I enter rest by saying, I choose that word. I choose your promise. You've given me rest. Lord, I receive your rest right now. You're uniting the promises with faith. You have to enter it. Those who, who did not enter and those who formerly had good news preached to them failed to enter because of disobedience. So we need to obey. We need to be obedient. Be obedient. If God said that he thanks be unto God who's always, always leading you to triumph in Christ and manifesting through you the sweet aroma of the knowledge of Him in every place. That's 2 Corinthians 2.14. If that's what He says, then for us to sit back and say, I just don't know if this is going to work out. You just took the Word and the promise of God and you became disobedient. And you stepped yourself out of rest. Just like the Israelites heard God say, I've given you this place. And they said, it's too big, they're too bad, we can't take it, they'll kill us. Why'd you bring us out here in the desert to kill us? So when we, if God makes us that promise and we say, I, I don't know how this is going to work out. That's disobedience. And all of a sudden, you're outside of rest. Then you go, why does God do this to me? I, I ask Him to answer this problem. Yeah, and he would have if you wouldn't have stepped out in disobedience. If you would have kept in obedience. So a lot of times these are things that need to, you know, need to take place, but we don't, if we don't know about them, then the problem is we just go through life, and if you don't have good preaching on this stuff, you just go through life fumbling through, and if you don't get in the Word and find these things for yourself and grow and, and search these things out, you just go through life and the devil eats your lunch, he kills you quickly, you have a short life, you produce less for the kingdom of God, and then you're mad at God because you had cancer or whatever at the end of your life. Not just saying cancer is the only thing, you know, or the only people have it for other reasons. But then you get mad at God for whatever happened to you, and generally it was us. It was us. 
Because Jesus said, it's finished. It's complete. I, I, I shared with you a couple of weeks ago, one of the things that was happening was, I've had revelation of this rest. But I found, and the Holy Spirit was telling me, you have stepped out of that rest somehow. And if you'd asked me, how have I stepped out of that rest? I said, I don't know. I don't know how I have. But I know I have because He's given me that witness. And so part of this, I don't always preach on exactly what I'm going through, but I can tell you part of this is me going, Lord, help me see where I've missed it. You, you've given me help, somebody that can sympathize with me that did it right. Help me see where I've missed it. Help highlight those things. Let me not step into disobedience. You know, I have a responsibility to step into obedience. I have a responsibility to be in rest. I have a responsibility to God as a believer to be in rest. And he, but why? One of the reasons is he says, uh, don't forget about it. Fear if you would miss it. Esteem it. Make sure you get in it. That's God telling me. Make sure you get in rest. So for me not to be in rest, that's disobedience. That's not pleasing to God. I, I can't afford to do that as a believer with a God who loves me, I can't afford to do it. No matter how it benefits me, I need to listen and be obedient. So, I hope you see that the same way for yourself. So, he says in verse 7, he again fixes a certain day today, saying through David after so long a time has been said, today if you hear his voice. So, we need to listen for his voice. Do not harden your heart. And I would put it like this, particularly with Pastor Chris's message on Sunday. Choose the word that he's spoken. Or keep the word. So, choose the word. Verse 10, it says, For the one who has entered his rest also rested from his works as God did from his. This is one of the best verses I think that's in here. This means this. This is our next action. Stop trying to do it yourself. <laughs> Stop doing it yourself. You can't do it by yourself. It ain't going to work. Stop trying to figure it out in your head by yourself. Stop trying to put all the physical work to it all by yourself. Stop doing it by yourself. Amen. Stop it. You're not going to enter rest by trying to figure it out and you just throw in more, you know, more time, more effort, more dollars at it. Stop it. You need to hear from God. He will give you the spirit of wisdom and understanding and revelation. He'll give you the spirit of knowledge. He will give you these things so that you don't have to figure it out all by yourself or throw everything at it. Can't tell you how many times I've been trying to do something and the Holy Spirit's going, would you stop please? Would you stop please? Would you stop? And finally I'll be like, I've just had enough. I can't figure this out. And so I stop and the Holy Spirit goes, thank God. You know? and, and, and now he can actually listen. And he'll say, would you look to the left and press that button? And I look to the left and press that button and everything fixes. If we would stop and learn that it's not all on your shoulders. 
It was on Christ's shoulders. He's already carried the load. You trying to carry it will never be more than He carried. We need to relax in Him and rest in Him. So we need to rest from our own works. Again, in verse 11, be not just enter, but be diligent to enter. So when we can, yeah, that'll be fine. Be diligent to enter rest. Oh, this is one that I missed over here is in verse 11 it says this. It says, therefore let us be diligent to enter that rest so that no one will fall. So one of the benefits is you won't fall. How'd you like to go through life not falling? Wouldn't that be nice? Well, if we learn how to get in his rest and live a life of rest, we don't fall. That's a promise. You realize there's people who's like, well, you're gonna mess up, you're gonna do this stuff. And look, your flesh, your flesh is always gonna be leading you to a fall. So what's the odds of you, you know, getting it right for the rest of your life? Well, I granted, you got a flesh to contend with, I have a flesh to contend with. To say that we don't is calling the word a liar. So odds are I'm probably gonna miss it in some way, but I need to start start believing that I'm going to be moving towards not falling, not that I'm falling all the time. You know? And there's a difference between that way of thinking. God's made you a promise that if you will get in here and you will be obedient to go into His rest, you don't fall. If we're diligent to enter that rest, we don't have to fall. You don't have to. He's just saying, hey, start living in this, in this rest. Alright, and then he says, as soon as he says this, he, it kind of changes a little bit in verse 12. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both the joints and the marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. That's pretty deep and pretty fine. Then it says, and there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Now I can tell you there was a point in my life when I was reading that kind of scripture and I was like, oh my gosh, don't look at me. You know, <laughs> you know show, shine light on somebody else. But when you know the heart of God, this is a very encouraging scripture. Because inside of you, there's things I don't even know about myself. But God knows. There's things, I got thoughts and intentions of my heart that are so wrong and fleshly and based on the world, and I don't have a clue that they're even there. Just like I didn't know what I had missed it in rest. But God sees it all. This is not given to scare you. This is given to say He can show you exactly what needs to change. And he wants to help you. Because right after this, in context, is where he goes. Therefore, because of this, because he can see everything, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. 
that Jesus is my Lord and He's my Savior and He has given me a Sabbath rest. Let us hold fast to that. Not be scared of Him. Let us hold fast. He's my Lord. And it goes on to say, For we do not have a high priest who can't sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, because of all of these things, let us draw near. You see, in the world and in religion, I was taught because he knows all these things and he went through and he did it perfect and he can see all my junk. I was taught, get away. <laughs> Let's go over here. God, you stay over there. This is, you know what? That's exactly what the Israelites did in the desert when they came to the mountain. And it started rumbling. And Moses pleaded with them and said, No, he's showing you how strong he is. And because of his love, he wants you to come near. You can fellowship with him too. And when we see this and we know the heart of God, we can say, praise God, I don't have to run away. I can draw near. And not just draw near, but draw near with confidence. Draw near with boldness. To the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace and help in time of need. So here's the thing. One of the things that we need to make sure that we do is when the Holy Spirit is seeking, which He's always seeking to do, is the Holy Spirit always seeking to get you into rest? The fullness of it. Yes. So, therefore, in order to get you into rest, one of the things that needs to happen is He needs to help us clean out stuff that holds us out of rest. And that means we've got to open ourselves up to a loving daddy and let him do loving surgery on who we are. In other words, and I don't have to be afraid anymore. I can say, oh, daddy, please fix me. <laughs> Help me. I need your mercy. I need your grace. But I can't say, oh, daddy, fix over here. Don't look over here. This is mine and I want to keep this. I can't come with a bias or try to hide, I need to be very open and honest. So one of the things we need to do is be honest and open with yourself, or we can just say, uh, be open and then be unbiased. Let God show you truths about yourself. You know what? Those dirty, nasty, bad truths about you, they're there whether God shows you or not, and you're still held accountable. How much better is it that we just get it out of the way and get rid of it than we hold on to it for all of our life? So go ahead. Go through the process. Are you going to be embarrassed? Probably. Do you need to be? No. He already sees it anyway. It's, you know, what would you be embarrassed for? When you realize He already sees it. Confess. He, you know, I'm not... You shouldn't go to every person and be like, hey, here's what I did yesterday and today, and did you hear about what I did yesterday? Did you hear about that? That's not. But there is a promise that says, look, confess these things. There's a power in confessing these things, not only to God, but also to people that are in spiritual authority over you. It's a, there's a power in it. There's something that happens when you confess it and you lay yourself open and bare to the order that God has given. And all of a sudden, I've seen it, I've seen it multiple times where people go up and they say, can I just confess something to you? 
You know, you'll see it in forgiveness. And one of the best ways is in forgiveness. Can I just, can I just, I, I need to ask your forgiveness. I did this. And they're like, and most of the time the person's like, oh, pff, I don't care about that. You know? But you're like, oh, praise God, I feel so free. You know, you're like, awesome. Why? Because there's a power in confession. There's a power in opening yourself up to the ways of God and to the order of God. So be open, be unbiased. Let God show you truths about yourself. I, you know, one of, the, one of the examples that I had one time was, you know, I, I'd heard people say, make this comment, maybe you've said it before, I've said it and, and actually lived it this way, the wrong way, but it's like, man, I ain't praying for patience. Because they know if they pay for patience, there's a, there's a storm coming. There's a, there's a trial where I need perseverance. I ain't praying for patience. Mm-mm. I don't want to have to go through that. Well, you're going to go through that anyway. You might as well get the patience over with. It's better to get it over with early. Get it over with, then you don't have to go through it anymore. Not like that. It comes easy. And so I remember, as you know, I got some revelation on that, and I was like, Mm, give me some patience, please. I didn't even like praying the prayer. I was like, man, I don't even want to pray this. And guess what? I had I had to, you know, you start, you ask to get big muscles, you got to work them out. <laughs> and I had to start working patience muscles. But I went through, gained some patience, gained a lot of patience. And patience is not a thing anymore. It's easy. Because what used to be heavy is now light. And so, in other words, open yourself up to God. Let Him go ahead and show you the truth. Let Him go ahead and, and show you that thing that needs... There's somebody that needs you to be who you would be if you'd go ahead and let that thing go. There's somebody in your life in the future that needs you to be on top of it. Turn that air on, please, to 72. So, be open, be unbiased. Let God show you truths about yourself. There's something inside of you holding you back from the fullness of rest because you've been trying to keep it hidden. Because you had not been confessing it to God or, you know, a pastor. There's something that's been holding you back from rest. Isn't this benefits worth it to get the thing out in the open? God already knows about it. Let it go. Let go of it. It's costing you all of this. It's costing you all of that. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, here's the next one, hold fast to our confession. Hold on to your confession. And that can be a number of things. That can be that I have rest. That can be that Jesus is my Lord. That can be that I'm healed. That can be that I'm protected. Hold your confession. Don't let go of it. Because all the devil tries to do is, is he's like, man, I felt the power of God when Brian prayed for me. Hallelujah. He tries to get you to go home and then tries to throw symptoms on you so you go, oh, man, I must not have gotten it. And what that does is it makes out God to be a liar. Basically, here, here I'm going to give you, you know, here's the, here's the promise that you need. Here's what you needed. Here you go. No, it's like, 
It was so close. You saw it. You felt it. You even got your fingertips on it. But then God's going to be like this? No, if you've touched anything of God and it's good, you get the whole thing. But the devil will try to say, he'll be like this. No, you didn't really get it. You didn't really get it. And you'll go, I must not have gotten it. And let your grip go in faith. And now you just missed out on healing or, or provision or whatever. Hold fast your confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near. That's the next thing. Draw near. Oh, good. Praise. You already put those down. Amen. You're ahead. She's in rest. Draw near with confidence. And I would say confidence is not only a benefit, but it's also a command. Be confident. Be bold. Be bold with the things of God. He made a promise. You're not being bold in ego. You're being bold in who God is. That's good. To the throne of grace, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. There's the last thing. Receive. Receive rest. You don't, you know, it's, it's like when I'm giving you that promise, is there, is there a transfer if there's no reception? Take it, take it, take it. If he doesn't receive it, take it, take it. Here's a silver platter. Please take it. It's finished. I've given you everything. You're blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Would you please take it? That's the way sometimes I feel like Jesus is looking at us. You've got to receive. Lord, I receive that. I take that. Actually, when it says uh, to believe in faith, one of the examples of that is to reach out and grab it. You know, to take it. In Mark eleven twenty through 24, it's talking about taking it. This is what Pastor Chris was talking about the other day. You see the word and you choose it. You keep it. You take that word for yourself. Yeah, that's my promise. Woo! You might not, you might not have believed it, but it's mine. That's my promise. Take it. Receive it. You can't live in overflow unless you've received the filling and the overflow. You have to receive. Receiving is just as much. The devil kept me out of promises for years and years and years because I didn't know how to receive. As soon as I changed my thinking on that, reception changed. And I was like, praise God, why did it take me so long? Because I didn't open up myself to him in that area. So, the benefits of, of finished rest. Do we have a finished rest? Yes. Is it available for us today? Yes. Is everything in it already paid for, done? Yes. What are the benefits? You got it today. It's good. It profits. Gives you physical rest. No stress. Longer life. Health. It removes toil. It, you, uh, uh, stop the, you don't have to go in broken works anymore. You have the sympathy of Jesus, a friend who's a winner and, and winning knowledge. You have a bold confidence. You have mercy, grace, and help, and you won't fall in a finished rest. Why in the world would we not walk in it? But you know how many Christians are walking in this? Promise, been there the whole time. You know how many Christians are walking in this? I would say 5%. That's probably nice. And we wonder why we're not getting more done. 
because we're trying to do it through our own works, through our own stuff, through our own logic, through the way the world's taught us to be. In order to step into it, we've got to be mindful to enter that rest. Don't forget it. Don't have a lack of esteem. Listen to good preaching. Unite the Word with faith. Enter the rest. Choose it. Be obedient. Listen for His voice. Choose the Word. Stop doing it yourself. Be diligent to enter that rest. Don't just enter it, but be diligent to enter it. Draw near with confidence. Be open, be unbiased. Hold your confession and receive the rest. Now again, I don't want you just to make this a list and you go down and you memorize it and you check it off each day. This is a, this is a nature. This is a nature that we should be walking in. And these are symptoms of whether or not we're walking in it or not. These are pieces of, if I have revelation, I'm going to be doing these things already. I'm going to be seeing these things in my life. So I can look at these things and say, am I really doing that? Or the Holy Spirit can say, you're not really doing that one. You'll go, oh man, I, I need to do that then. This tells me what I need to do. But this tells me if I'm really doing it or not. These benefits will say, I, I'm in that. I'm in it, in this area at least. Because a lot of times you can have a rest in health, like in healing, but not a rest in finances. Or you can have a rest in finances. Man, praise God, finances come to you, but healing, you need, you need some rest there. So you can have it in different areas. The question is, are you walking in the fullness of what Jesus has done for you in every area of his salvation? Did you get something out of it? Amen. Right now, I just... I, if you've got something that you're saying, Lord, I need, I need to confess this. I need, to, I need to be laid open and laid bare before you and before, you know, before man if necessary. And you've got something that's holding you back from that rest. You've got something that's holding you back from who God has called you to be. Now I just want to take a couple of minutes here. Not, I know it's a weeknight. We've got kids and everything. But I just want to open up the altar. And I just want, you know, just if you need to come get on your knees or you just need to come stay here or you need, you need prayer, I need the rest of God in whatever area it is. But I just want to open this up. And if you want to come, come. The ones who come first get carpet. So, hey, so come on, let's play a little bit of music lightly, and if you need it, Lord, we just thank you. As people come right now, Lord, let us be laid open and laid bare to the goodness of who you are. Lord, let us confess to you those areas that we've been trying to keep hidden. Lord, let us repent in this way. Let us repent from not being in rest. Lord, I haven't been in rest. And, and I repent. I apologize for missing it. I apologize for, for not being in rest. And I repent. In other words, today, I'm making a decision. I'm changing that. I'm not going to stay in a place of broken works again. I'm going to move into the fullness of the rest of God. Lord, I just thank you right now that you are you're shining the light on hearts. 
You're shining the light on thoughts. You're shining the light on broken pieces so that the fullness of your rest can come. And Lord, we just ask, ask for your blessings to be. Rest be in Jesus' name. Rest of God be. Rise up. Walk in the rest of God. Walk in the fullness of God. Walk in the health of God. Walk in the provision of God. Walk in the life of God. Walk in the fullness of a Sabbath and finished rest. In Jesus' name. Thank You, Father, for Your goodness. Thank You for Your mercy. And thank You for Your rest. In Jesus' name. Lord, we as a group and as a body, we won't stand by and let rest pass us by when You commanded us to be in it. We'll be a people that will put on humility and put on obedience and walk into every bit of rest that You have for us. Lord, if Jesus paid for something, then we want to receive it all. So Lord, right now, we receive the fullness of His rest through Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank You for it and we praise You for it in every way. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. Father, we thank You so much for Your Word. Lord, we give it honor and attention. We don't let it go lightly through our ears. But we esteem it. And we thank You for it and we praise You for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being here. Thank you for watching. Have a good night.